Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Honest Worship Podcast. It is now episode thirty-five, if I do believe. If I, if I, if I do believe. I do if believe. I believe. Do you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> if I am correct, it is episode thirty-five, and we are on episode five. Wow, look at how that worked out. Thirty-five, episode five of our wonder series this is our last episode of this series and of course we wanted to go out with a bang um if you don't know that that's actually a song by ajr let's go out with the bang 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 pretty don't. good oh. <laughs> <laughs> i could i nodded I, I like was head bobbing as just to kind of agree and then i was like you know what i'll just say i don't <laughs> uh yeah but that's a uh, that's a, that was, that's aside from the point i don't know why i brought that up <laughs> but we want to go out with the bang and that's why we are talking about we mentioned it countless times on the podcast and of course after every single episode we always say if there's anything that we could leave you with it's by the mercies of god and yep. so rightfully so to leave you with a banger on this series we want to end by talking about the mercy of God. So far this series, we've talked about the grandeur of God, the holiness of God, the justice of God, the grace of God. And now we are finally at this place where we are going to be talking about the mercy of God. Um, And so we are so excited. We've, of course, you know, in our study through Ephesians, we've been seeing mercy so Mm -hmm. often, you know, um, all throughout Ephesians. It's just so cross-centric all this gospel juice that is coming out Uh, uh, and we see um, you know our favorite passage Ephesians chapter 2 talks about mercy but before we do any of that before we get into all the goodies of of the the marvelous aspect Mm. of mercy there's also the gritty aspects of mercy yeah Um, And when we talk about the gritty aspects of mercy, it can be kind of hard for us to understand. But hopefully in what we've talked about in episodes one to three, uh, that being the grandeur, holiness and justice of God, it'll help us better understand this hard to, you know, kind of listen to hard to kind of sit through uh, aspect of God's mercy, which is why we actually need mercy which is super important because when we understand why we need mercy, only then will the true wonder of God's mercy be displayed. A quick quote by Paul Washer. He says this when he's talking about the love of God, only against the pitch blackness of our sin Mm -hmm. does the white stars of God's love shine forth, right? Only when we see how, how desperately we need God's mercy and God to be merciful to us, only then, in contrast to that desperate need, the pitch blackness of our lowly estate and our sinful um, uh, state, only then will we see the wonder of God's mercy, the wonder of how loving and gracious and compassionate he is towards us. And so without further ado, we want to jump right in. Of course, we are going to be building on the past few episodes, just like we've done with every single episode of this series. We've tried to build on what we've talked about before. And so we want to jump right in we're going to be starting off with the grandeur and the holiness of god because when we understand the greatness of god and the holiness of god 
It'll help us better understand what we're going to see as God's justice towards us through his wrath against sin. So let's quickly jump in uh, into the greatness of God. Again, the best place that I think we can go for this is Isaiah chapter six. Uh, mm-hmm. I say this because we we talked about it uh, many times on the podcast, and so it's familiar with you. One, but we also see a full picture of God's holiness here, a very strong picture of God's greatness and His holiness. Uh, so if you have your Bible or, you know, your phone or something just so that you have some sort of reference and you're reading this for yourself so that, you know, uh, you can better understand it with us. Uh, Come with us to Isaiah chapter six. And again, some context for you. Isaiah is writing in the year that King Uzziah has died. And so this is a very sorrowful period for Israel. And we see later on Isaiah, you know, being the one that talks about a true king that is coming through the lineage of Jesus. And so Mm. we're going to, this is kind of a, a very mournful, but also foreshadowing to something greater in this chapter. And so in that context now, Isaiah is seeing this vision of the holiness of God. God. So let's read Isaiah chapter 6, and we'll start at verse 3. Actually, we'll start at verse 1. We'll start at verse 1. I think that's a better place to start. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. Right, So we see this picture of a grand God. Right, We talked about in episode one of this series, the grandeur of God. We see God as a creator God Right in the Psalms, how it talks about the, 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 the hosts of the sky, Right, the breath by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts, Right, the stars mm-hmm. in the sky, a hundred billion stars in our galaxy, simply by God breathing, did it all come into existence, Right, the grandeur mm-hmm. of this God. And it is this God that Isaiah is is seeing high and lifted up, right? So there is that idea of God as creator. And then here, a very literal aspect of God being great in his appearance, high and lifted up, right? So think in, in, in Isaiah's context, after the king of Israel had just passed away, now Isaiah is seeing a different king, a glorious king, a king full of grandeur, now being lifted up upon a throne, and he is viewing this with his own eyes, right? Yeah. So I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. That, that's just such an amazing image in my mind. Right. And the train of his robe filled the temple. So think about how magnificent and great and huge, right? It's this the train of the of his robe filling the temple should put in us put in our mind a picture of how big God is, both mm. literally and figuratively in in how, you know, he is far above that we can anything, you know, comprehend. And when we see the train of his robe filling the temple, it's almost as if in comparison to God, we are these tiny little puny creatures, right? Right. We think of a temple and right. Imagine us going to like the Sistine Chapel or something. Right. And we look up and it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, all this amazing artwork or whatever it might be. But yet the king now that Isaiah is seeing his train is filling this temple. It's filling it. It's filling it. And that that again is such it's just a picture of the grandeur of God. And then in verse 2, it says, Above him stood seraphim, each had six wings, and with two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And then in verse 3, And one called to another and said, 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then notice verse 4. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. Right? This is, this is, such, a, this is such an intense picture and i think intense is a good word to describe it because it is intense one we are seeing this picture of how great god is and then we are seeing a picture of how ferocious his holiness is Mm. i think ferocious is a good word to use there too because when god speaks it says that the foundations of the temples shake yeah so inanimate objects simply at the voice of god at the at the sight of the of the holiness of God, they begin to shake and to tremble. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a, such a heavy picture, right? When we realize how great God is and we see that along with his greatness, this picture of his immense holiness. Yeah. And now in contrast to his holiness, look at the reaction of Isaiah. And I said, woe is me. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Yeah. What a heavy picture, right? Amen. Right. And so when we're talking about the mercy of God, this is such an important foundation for us to have. We see Mm. Isaiah. Isaiah here, when he says, woe is me, we talked about this, I believe, in episode is it, I think it's either last episode or in episode three when we talked about the justice of God. But woe there, that that woe, we see it in the Psalms and it's used often as a picture of damnation or mm-hmm. judgment, as an almost divine curse coming upon someone. And Isaiah here, gazing upon how great God is and gazing upon how holy God is, his immediate reaction is to look at how unholy he is. Yeah. Right. And it's important when we understand, when we're talking about the mercy of God, when we see how great God is and when we see how holy God is, it puts us in a place where we are required to appeal for mercy. Right. We are required to appeal for mercy. Why? Because God is so much greater and our standard of greatness in comparison to God's, it just, it's so puny yeah. and it will not suffice. Yeah. And our holiness likewise, right? That's what Isaiah namely is here talking about. His, the, the, you know, he's standing there. He, he is unclean. Yeah. An unclean man who dwells in the midst of an unclean people who has unclean lips. And now in contrast to this holy God, all he can do is realize his own sinfulness and say, woe is me. Yep. It's a heavy place for us to be when talking about the mercy of God. Because when we hear the mercy of God, we immediately want to think of the cross. We immediately want to think of blessings and favor and whatever else it might be. But the nitty gritty details of the mercy of God require us to see how great God is and how insignificant we truly are in contrast to that. Yeah. And likewise, how holy God is. And in contrast, how sinful we truly are. Yeah. And if we don't understand that, we won't understand the mercy of God. Right. And I'm just going to add to that very quickly because um, 
the the one thing that I I want everyone to take away from that is to understand that God here in His mercy, uh, when we look at mercy, it's important, like we just did, to take two steps back. The first step is to understand that mercy is given as God's um, goodness or God's love in confronting the guilt and the suffering or the sin of man. And then we take another step back and say, why is man guilty? Why is man sinful? Um, and that is what we just read is because we serve or creator is a holy God. Mm. And so why do we need mercy? And who is, who is it that we need mercy from? It is so important that we take those steps back before we just look at mercy. Um, and it's the same thing and it's the same process that we encouraged each and every one of you from our last episode with grace is not to just look at grace, but understand why it is that we need grace. And like we talked about in the holiness of God, all of God's attributes stem from God's holiness. His grace, his mercy, his love, his righteousness, his justice stem from the fact that he is holy. And because he is holy and because we are born into sin and born into iniquity, we deserve God's judgment. We deserve the punishment from a holy God. And Isaiah realizes that. In that moment, Isaiah realizes that upon the gazing of the glory of God and the holiness of God, there is not a inkling, an ounce of mercy that he deserves. There's not an mm. ounce of grace that he deserves. He knows yeah. that he deserves the just punishment from that God who is mm. divinely and perfectly holy. And yeah. so from those attributes and, uh, you know, oftentimes we get into those conversations of why, why is it that we have to get into a point where we look at ourselves in such a, such a dark light? Um, in doing so, we not only are getting to a clear uh, picture of who we are, but we're getting to a clear understanding of who God is. Mm. The reason why we study about why we need mercy is not just to <laughs> not just to come, keep on indicting ourselves, right? <laughs> but it's to really um, just be amazed about how great this God is. Yeah. To take a step back and say, wow. This God is so holy. Isaiah sees this, and we can stand here from a uh, platform of recipients of mercy, recipients of Mm -hmm. grace, recipients of adoption, but at the same time, we also stand there with Isaiah saying, woe is me. We all Mm -hmm. collectively say, woe is us as mankind that Mm -hmm. we stand before this holy God. And so, again, um, this is not where, you know, this repetitive thing that we do here on the podcast, when we look at these divine, beautiful attributes that we all love to talk about and sing about, the reason we take these two steps back is that by the end of this episode or by the end of your meditation of scripture, that you grow a deeper appreciation, a deeper love for this God, a deeper Mm -hmm. amazement for the grandeur of God's mercy and God's holiness. So, yeah. I'd encourage each and every one to do that. Um, you know, we're we're in a time now where um, we want to just hear from that first step, <laughs> or not that first step, mm. that third step onwards. 
Yeah. We want to just hear about what the good things God has done for us. And we don't want to hear, like Sammy said, on what uh, backdrop uh, that is truly being shown on. Mm. Um, so again, the reason we're doing that is just to, so that we understand who this God is, that this God is holy and that we are deserving of his, of his judgment because he is holy. And yeah. that's where mercy shines. That's where mercy, mm-hmm. mercy shines for it. So, yeah. And even when we look at the pattern of the entire book of Isaiah, right, we see Isaiah as almost this spokesperson for God in the midst of such hopeless, hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, we see Isaiah having to remind, remind the people of Israel of God's faithfulness, God's compassion, God's mercy. And God, many times through the prophet Isaiah, has to remind who he is, who he is over and over and over again. And in fact, the first 39 chapters, I believe it is, of Isaiah is all doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. It's all sorrow and sadness. Yeah. And yet it is the same Isaiah, by the time we get to Isaiah 51, is talking about this redemption that God has in store for his people through a coming servant. But he doesn't get there right away. He goes through 39 chapters of just hard-hitting, hard-speaking, sorrowful truths of not God's unfaithfulness, but Israel's unfaithfulness. Yeah. We see it as early as chapter 1. All of chapter 1 is just talking about the unfaithfulness that Israel has shown. Mm-hmm. And it is in the midst of this, uh, the midst of this unfaithfulness, in the midst of this, that there is a glimmer of hope that quickly dies as King Uzziah is taken away. And now Isaiah is, is there in the midst of a people completely hopeless, completely unfaithful to God. And now he's seeing this picture of a true king. Yeah. Right, And so it must be of some hope to Isaiah, and yet what he sees is that in contrast to this true king, that all he is deserving of is judgment. Yeah. It's a very hard place to be. Yeah. It's a very sorrowful place to be. But without yeah. Isaiah first seeing that, without Israel yeah. first receiving this, Only then will they be able to read Isaiah 51 and as Jesus comes into the world for them to rejoice. Yeah. Because they know what they deserved and who they were in contrast to God. And now they have God with them. Yeah. And And the thing that we should also understand is that this is not just the first realization of this yeah. you know we would th- we think that okay now now god is suddenly revealed wow he's this holy god he is this infinitely divine perfect god who thereby cannot uh, look at sin he cannot pardon sin and in whose presence everyone is guilty and now god is preparing a way out like sammy said this is not just uh seen in the cross but if you go from the beginning of scripture itself we see that yeah. God declares that he is a merciful God and the people cry out for mercy. 
the people of God from the beginning of this book, this Bible, people cry out for mercy. It wasn't just when Isaiah came along that God revealed, hey, I'm a holy God. Mm. So because I'm holy, this is who you are and this is what you deserve. No, from the beginning, the reason why God declared he is merciful, the reason why God's people, um, even in the Psalms where David cries out for mercy, is because they knew that God was holy. We see a divine vision. We do see a divine vision here, but the people understood who God was, mm. and they understood who they were in the presence of this God, and that's why you see repeatedly from the beginning of Scripture this cry for mercy, and also a declaration of God through uh, the the men that He has anointed or called out that He is a God of mercy. Yeah, it wasn't just hey. I'm just going to slowly reveal my attributes. You guys are fine, but I'm just I just want you guys to know me better. But this was God showing that listen, my mercy is not just an attribute of mine. It's my goodness and grace mm-hmm. and kindness towards a sinful people. Yeah. And the people of God knew it. Not all the people of God obviously, but there were people of God who cried out for mercy because they knew that this was a sin problem and the sin problem was in the presence of a holy God. Yeah. And so this realization is just being um, a divine uh, understanding for us to see, wow, the immediate reaction to a vision of the holy God, but from the beginning, the cries for mercy, the pleas for mercy uh, are all from an under awareness that we are sinners yeah. in the presence of a holy God. David cries out for it. The people of Israel cry out for it. It's because they knew that they served a God who was holy. And the only way that they would survive, the only way that they exist as sinners in the presence of a holy God is because God is merciful. Yeah. And that's something to understand. Like we talked about all the other attributes, all the other attributes of God, the, this mercy does not come into form as God acts in it. Mm. It's not how it works. Mm. It doesn't take being as God continues to do things that are uh, representative of mercy. God is merciful. It's his divine attribute. It's yeah. who he is. Yeah. And from the beginning, even when God and man had divine perfect communion in the Garden of Eden before sin, and even now in the time where Isaiah is, where the people are just completely guilty and standing under the judgment of God, mm. in both times, God is not less or more merciful. Mm. He yeah. is mercy yeah. from beginning to eternity, from no, no beginning and no end. God, this is who God is. And so that's something that we have to understand that this is not just the beginning of God's holiness. This is not just God saying, Hey, just want you to know that I don't like sin. And so here's what I'm going to do about it. From Mm. the beginning of time, man has been in need of this mercy because man is born in iniquity and they are standing under or the presence of a holy God. Yeah. And we see uh, just like Rufus said, those cries for mercy all throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. And we see in Isaiah that cry for mercy. We see um, that realization of the greatness of God, the holiness of God, and then a need for justice where Isaiah cries out, woe is me, and then God mm-hmm. subsequently giving him mercy, right? We see 
God bringing the coal and cleansing Isaiah's lips, even though that's yeah. not what he is worthy of or deserving of. And yet God does it out of yeah. mercy. Right. And we see, like Rufus said as well, that God is not merciful because he acts in mercy. He acts in mercy because he is merciful. Right. He is merciful. Right. And so when we see and we understand this aspect of God, this grand aspect of God, this holy aspect of God, and now as we look at this just aspect of God, only then will we be able to look at God as a merciful God and then take delight in that. Because hmm. it's easy yeah. for us to be happy about the mercy of God. But for us to yeah. truly delight in God's mercy and for it to sustain us, even when yep. we sin and even when we fall short of God's glory, that doesn't come out of happiness. Yeah. Happiness fades away. Yeah. But delight, delighting in God's mercy, that that remains. Yeah. Right? And so when the best place I think in David talks in Psalm 5, um, he talks about God's justice, God's mm. wrath, his fury. Mm. And this might, it might seem crazy for us to then, you know, tie this into the mercy of God, but we see God's grandeur, we see God's holiness, we see God's justice in Isaiah chapter 6, all being met with Isaiah's realization of his sinfulness and then God's mercy in cleansing Isaiah. Right. We see mm. that we see that aspect there of God's mercy stemming from a realization of God's grandeur, his holiness and his justice. Right. And then mm. we see here in Psalm five, David's realization of who God is as a wrathful God against sinners. Mm. Psalm five, verse five. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. Very hard. Yep. Yep. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Yeah. Man, how can David write this? Mm. How can David write this and then later say that he delights in the law of God, that he mm. meditates upon it day and night? How can yeah. he say that? What about this passage brings delight that David is willing to write about it and sing about this? Yep about God's wrath and his hatred towards sin and sinners alike. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. on earth does that inspire mercy? Right. How does that do that? How does it, how does that happen? Mm. Right. We see this David, this David who writes about God hating all evildoers, how he destroys those who speak lies, how he abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. And yet we see David fulfilling all three of those roles. Yep. David sleeps with another man's wife, hmm. lies about it by trying to cover it up and sending yeah. his, her husband to the front lines of the battlefield and right. murders him. Yeah. David fills all three of those roles. And mm. yet, when we see him come before the presence of God, the same David that wrote this about how God abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man, the same David that fulfilled that role of being bloodthirsty and deceitful is the same one we see in Psalm 51 saying, Have mercy on me, O God. Yeah. Yeah. 
How can David, in the midst of sinfulness, in the midst of in the midst of where he realizes all I'm deserving of is full and total wrath, how on yep. earth does he come before God and appeal, have mercy on me, O God? Yep. It's because he realizes first that that is what he is worthy of. Yep. When we realize the gravity of our sin against a holy God, the only thing we can do is appeal for mercy. Yep. Because let me tell you something. We might think that it's unfair how God deals with sin, but fairness is not what we want. Because what is fair yeah. is for God to send us to eternal damnation because of our sin. Right. Yeah. Because God is so, so holy. Mm. R.C. Sproul says it like this. There is only one attribute of God that is raised to the third superlative. Not that yep. God is mercy, 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 or love, 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 or justice, 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 but that he is holy, holy, holy. Yep. That attribute of God, brothers and sisters, rings forth truth and truth upon truth that when we stand in the presence of a holy god our rightful reaction is simply have mercy yep yeah because what we are deserving of in the presence of a holy god is nothing less than eternal damnation yep and i know that that is not sounding anything like mercy yeah but that's the reality of why we need mercy because yeah. God is so ferociously holy. That is why the same man, the same man, David, that writes that God is willing to pour out wrath on the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man is the same bloodthirsty and deceitful man that is later appealing for the mercy of God. Yes. And saying that he is needing to be cleansed of sin. Mm. Mm. Amen. Do you realize the gravity of what is happening here? A realization yep. of God's ferocious holiness only brings forth a realization of a need for mercy. Yeah. And if it does not do that, then either we don't understand what it means for God to be holy or we don't truly know that we need mercy. Yep. And both places are dangerous to be. Yeah. Because a sinner without mercy only receives judgment in the end. Yep. Because that's what the judge yeah. knows is right to do. Mm. And yet a knowledge of mercy without a knowledge of holiness is a false, false repentance. Amen. And it's a false cry to God. It's a false worship. It's a false realization of who this God is. Yep. And you don't want to be there. Yeah. You do not want to be there. Yeah. And I know I'll just add just an, another example. We read in Lamentations, I think was one of my, it's, it's an amazing portion on mercy. Um, we see this cry for mercy from a people uh, in Lamentations chapter three, we see, um, that Israel's sin is so great. Mm. People of God have turned away from God. We see this repetitive thing over and over and over again. And again, what I want to remind every, everyone is that the reality of God's mercy 
was not just realized on the cross. I'm saying God, like we read God's divine attributes have been revealed um, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we should understand is um, Israel's sin is so great and God is speaking uh, and, and there's this cry from Jeremiah that's coming out uh, for just looking at the people, looking at the iniquity. And he is just in his mind, he is so burdened. He's like, this sin, this uh, rebellion against God, Jeremiah realizes that this is against a holy God, mm. a holy, righteous, and just God. Jeremiah realizes, man, the sin of the people, and he lumps himself in that. And we see that over and over again. He lumps himself in that. He doesn't separate himself saying, it, man, we are, we are guilty of sin. We have guilty of rebellion against God. God's people turning away repetitively over and over again, away from God. Yeah. And what is, what is the hope that rings out there in that situation? What turns, what, how does, how did the tides turn in Jeremiah's mind, in his heart, in his soul? What, brings him to a point of satisfaction and joy. And like Sammy said, delight. It's not that he figured out a way to manipulate God. It's not a way that he figured out to accumulate some sort of good works and stand righteous before God again. It's not that he figured out some loophole in the attributes of God. No, mm. we read in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, what is he reminded of? He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Mm. They are new every morning. Amen. That's what he realized. He realized that the sin of the people was so great. He realized that this God is holy. This God cannot stand, uh, cannot even look upon sin. And he knew that him and the people were standing under the just judgment of God. Yeah. And the only hope that the only joy that he found and realized is nothing that he was. It's nothing that he could do. It was the reality that the God who created them, the God who called them, the God yeah. that brought them into existence is a God of mercy and his mercy does not change. Yeah. This God does not change. The same God from eternity who has been merciful is also merciful today. And brothers and sisters, that's the reality. Even apart from the cross, this is not, this is, again, we're, we're getting to the cross here, but this is apart from the cross, the hope that rung out for mankind from the beginning, from mm. creation, was nothing intrinsically valuable about them, nothing that they can do, but it was the reality that this holy God was truly a God of mercy. Yeah. That's it. That's what David realized. That's what Isaiah realized. That's what Jeremiah here realizes, that the only hope, the reason you and I stand, the reason you and I are not consumed by God's wrath, do his holiness, is because he is a God of mercy. Yeah. And a, just, just look at that for a second. Take yourself out of the cross. Take yourself out of the gospel that we know and just look at how divinely merciful God is. The cross did not give that attribute to God. Mm. The cross is a mere representation of that divine mercy. Yeah. And so 
that's what just amazes me throughout scripture is that David cries out for it. Isaiah cries out for it. Jeremiah cries out for it because they know that the only hope that they have is that this God who is absolutely just and right to consume and wipe away mankind from the face of the earth is indeed a God of mercy. His steadfast love never ceases. Yeah. And so Jeremiah looks and looks at tomorrow in the midst of all this despair and hope. He looks at tomorrow and he says, listen, this God of yesterday, this God who has shown us mercy in the past is the same God today. And he's the same God tomorrow. Mm. And I, that's just an amazing thing to see just before we even get to the cross to realize how God's mercy has been shown to mankind from the beginning, from the yeah. beginning and how in each of these scenarios, it was not merely a, hey, my life's going great. I can use just some more of God's mercy. It was in the backdrop and in the midst of absolute guilt of yeah. sin. Mm. Always. That's always where it comes from. It's in the middle of guilt. It's in the middle of shame. It's in the middle of standing under the judgment of God that these cries for mercy come out. But these cries are not just cries of just mere desperation and hopelessness, but there is hope in these cries, knowing that this God is a God of mercy. Mm. And that's the beauty of this God. Before we even get to the cross, that's a beauty and the, 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 the amazing uh, reality of God that draws us to worship even <laughs> without the representation of the cross. Yeah. And I think that's why the that's why we read in Isaiah uh, in Revelation why there's this worship of God crying they cry holy 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 we just see the same thing in Revelation is because even apart from the cross there's a reality that God is holy yeah. that leads to worship yeah that leads to worship even just from the beginning of time itself and so that's something that again. Um, we see these cries for mercy, but they come from a place of guilt. They come from a place of realizing that we stand guilty uh, in front of a holy God. But there is a hope and joy that rings out in, in these cries of mercy because they realize that our God is indeed an unchanging God of mercy. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this all. Yeah. That's the beauty of the doom and gloom that we see and we need listen we need to understand the gritty aspects of god's mercy yep we need to understand that god is ferociously holy and that his wrath burns against sin and sinners yep yep because if we don't understand that in contrast, all we see is that we are a people that just need God's mercy for our lives to get a little bit better and things mm -hmm. to go a little bit smoother. That's not what mercy mm. is at all. Yep. That's not mercy. That's, that's stuff that prosperity preachers can sell you for a few cents if you want to give it to them. Yeah. Mercy is priceless. But it was bought mm. with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
We are so undeserving of it. That's why, that's why over and over again, when we see mercy somehow come into this picture, there are so many times we see mercy correlated with sacrifice. Yeah. Over and over and over again. When we see hopelessness and guilt and sin and shame, we see a picture of radical love and selfless devotion that not people give to God, but that God gives to people. Yeah. The same Jeremiah that endures the hardship that he does for preaching what he preaches is the same Jeremiah that is told that God's love is from everlasting to everlasting and that God is making Israel his own people in the midst of their unfaithfulness. Yep. It is the same people of Israel that we see in Isaiah being told by God that they have sold themselves, almost prostituting themselves to sinfulness. It is those same Mm. unholy people that Isaiah then later writes to in the same chapter, in chapter 1. Come, let us reason together. Let us go to the house of uh, the Lord. Though our sins are like scarlet, they shall be as made as white as wool. Though they are like crimson, they shall be made as white as snow. Oh, Mm. that doesn't happen anywhere else. That doesn't happen for God just to mercy like that does not happen. And love like that does not happen simply for things in our lives to get better, for us to get a better car, for us to get a better job. No, it doesn't. It Mm. doesn't happen. It's in the midst of our unfaithfulness, in the midst of our sinfulness, the midst of our Mm. wretchedness that God says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will wash them as white as snow. I will make you my people, my people. Amen. Amen. We didn't make God our God and then suddenly he was merciful to us. No, in Mm. the midst of us shaking our fists at God and spitting him on the face, think about that road, that road to Calvary that Jesus walked as hundreds of people are looking at him, mocking him, spitting on him, and yet still he goes to that cross and sheds every last drop of blood, bearing the full weight of the wrath of God. Why? For mercy to be shown to each and every single one of them. Yep. That is why the same David that writes in Psalm 5, the same David that writes that says, God, you abhor all the bloodthirsty and deceitful men. That same David then becomes a bloodthirsty and deceitful man, sleeping with another Mm. man's wife and then killing him. Mm. And yet when he realizes his sinfulness and the magnitude of who he has sinned against, Right, He says it only against you, you and you alone, God. Only against you have I sinned. Yeah. And yet it is the same David that says, wash me and I shall be as white as snow. That washing does not come from things getting better in our life. It comes from a washing of the blood of Jesus. Yeah, That's why David not only there says that God would just simply cleanse him, but wash him and restore unto him the joy of what? Of a salvation. Yeah. Listen, the reason David can get away with adultery and, and murdering another man's wife is not simply because God just decided, I'll sweep it under the rug. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. God doesn't sweep sin under the rug. 
if yeah. there's anything that you should have gotten from this first part of this episode is for you to realize that God does not deal with sin lightly. Yeah. He abhors it. Yeah. And when we realize that, all we can do is appeal for mercy. And that is exactly what David does. And what does God do? Not sweeping it under the rug. He doesn't do that. He doesn't pass over it and say, it's okay. But rather, he forgives. Why? Why does he forgive David? Hmm. Why? Let me tell you, animal sacrifices of that time covered sin for a while. Yeah. But there is a better lamb that came. Mm, Amen. There is a better lamb that came. That's why Hebrews says that it's not with the blood of bulls or goats, but with the blood of Jesus, his very own Mm. blood, that he appeased the wrath of God. It says that he sprinkled his own blood on that mercy seat. Yep. Oh, brothers and sisters, the mercy of God that we see, the mercy of God that we delight in is not a mercy where things get better for us, but a mercy that in the midst of wickedness and sinfulness and despair came in and made us its own. Amen. That is mercy. Amen. That is mercy. And That kind of mercy, and I want you to understand this. I, I really want you to understand this. It is this kind of mercy that will get you through the lowest points of your life. Mm. Amen. The reason David is able to say that in the midst of his sinfulness when he knows he is worthy of the wrath of God is because he understands not only the God whom he sinned against as a holy God, but the God who showed him divine mercy when he didn't need it. Amen. And didn't deserve it. Amen. Listen, no other religion will give you a mercy like this. Yeah. You won't find it in politics. You won't find it in Islam. You won't find it in Hinduism or Buddhism or atheism or trying to live your best life now. You won't Mm. find that mercy anywhere else but looking to the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Only that mercy will delight. Yeah. And that's that's the greatest hope for mankind is that David in his adultery, Abraham, Moses, Noah, Paul, Peter, John, every single human being not only stands under the same judgment of God, Mm. but receives the same mercy through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what the impartiality of God's mercy is truly about. The reality of God's holiness shows us that God is impartial in his judgment. Mm. That there is no works of righteousness that brings us closer to God or wipes away parts of our sin. No. In Titus 3 verse 5, it says, He saved us not because of works by us in righteousness, but it was by his mercy. And I, this past Sunday, I spoke at my church about these encounters that Jesus has. One is with the Samaritan woman, and right before that, he has an encounter with Nicodemus. 
Nicodemus, who we thought would have been in the front of the line when it comes to entering the kingdom of heaven and the Samaritan woman who we think is in the back of the line. Mm. But Jesus and God looks at them in his holiness and in his justice and says, no, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, Everyone deserves the same judgment, but the greatness of the mercy of God is that everyone, regardless of how uh, long you've been in church or how much sin and guilt you carry in your life, Everyone is a recipient of the mercy of God through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Everyone. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of how long you've been serving in church, or regardless of how much guilt and shame you hold with your past sins, the cross invites you into a mercy that your works, your involvement, your entitlement cannot merit. A mercy that is only through faith in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and faith alone. Amen. And again, this is a display of God's mercy. This is not a act that brings uh, an attribute of mercy to God. No. And I love, and this is a, a, a quote from A.W. Tozer. He says, when Jesus died on the cross, the mercy of God did not become any greater. Mm. It could not become any greater yeah. because it was already infinite. Uh, he goes on to say that we get the odd notion that God is showing mercy because Jesus died. No, Jesus died because God is showing mercy. Mm. It was the mercy of God that gave us Calvary, not Calvary that gave us mercy. Amen. If God had not been merciful, there wouldn't have been no incarnation, no babe in a manger, mm. no man on a cross, and no empty tomb. Yeah. This is the mercy of God. Yeah. And that's what I love about this is the fact that this is an impartial mercy. It is not given more to those who are more righteous. It is not given less to those who carry more sin. Mm. It is given freely to all through that one man's sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we'll never be able to fully grasp it. We'll never be able to understand the depth of this mercy, but to realize that the only reason that we get to be called children of God, the only reason that we get to inherit the kingdom of God is this man, Jesus, and the mercy that God displayed on that cross. And I mean, if we didn't have a reason to to bring ourselves in worship, and if we didn't have a reason, like Sammy said, in the midst of any circumstance, to look back at that cross and say, wow, the depth of God's love for me, the depth of God's grace in my life, I don't need God to keep on doing more things because the greatest act of mercy has already been shown to me on the cross. Yeah. And that's what I really want us to understand is that, listen, David did not do a bunch of things before he came into God's presence. He said, no, nothing I do can fix this. Mm. Nothing I do can wipe away these marks, these stains of sin. The only hope that we have, regardless of who we are and what we've done, is the mercy of God. And the one thing I love about that, Sam, is that it wasn't a cry just to say, God, just just take out the record, take out the record of my sin. But David's saying, God, create in me a clean heart. Yeah, amen. Create in me a heart that longs for you, 
Give me a new, a right spirit. Give me a spirit that runs to you, a spirit that does not run back into that sin anymore. Mm. It's a desire not just for an attribute, but a desire for the person, yeah. a desire for God. Yeah. And that's what the cross gives us access to, not just an access to an attribute, but an access to God himself. Yeah. A communion with our creator, yeah. a reconciliation Amen. with this holy God. Mm-hmm. And that's the magnitude of the cross and this impartiality for anyone listening, whether you feel like you've already been in ministry or you've been involved for a long time, but you've never really understood this. Or if you're listening and you're carrying a lot of guilt, this mercy rings out for you that you don't have to work your way there. You don't have to do a certain amount for God to look and say, listen, I'll take care of the rest. God's saying, come as you are. Yeah. For the cross is a display of my mercy for sinful man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 52 minutes into recording, so we should probably wrap up. Yeah. Uh, but if you are listening to this and you 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 think that we are just two crazy dudes screaming into a microphone. Well, Rufus is pretty calm. If you're thinking, why is this crazy I'm just crazy a, a guy? calm crazy guy. I'm just a calm. <laughs> if we're, we're two levels of crazy. <laughs> if you're listening, if you're thinking and you're listening, you're thinking, why is one dude screaming into the microphone and the other guy so calm and gentle? These guys are lunatics. You are right. We are lunatics. We are. We are lunatics. <laughs> but if you're also listening to this and wondering what the heck are they talking about, we are talking about Jesus. Yeah. We're talking about love and we're talking about grace. And hopefully yeah. you listen to those first uh, 30 or so minutes of this episode where it didn't seem like we were talking about love and it didn't Mm. seem like we were talking about grace and it didn't seem like we were talking about mercy because let me tell you something, those first 30 minutes are the reality of what we deserve. Yeah. And if you don't know Jesus, I I hate to break it to you, but that's the reality of what you deserve. Yeah. It is. It really truly is. But before you click away, before you go away, before you turn your volume down because this podcast has just put you in your bag. (laughs) There is such immense hope. Yeah. Yes, God is a God who shows wrath towards sin, but God is a God who delights in showing mercy. Yeah. He delights in showing mercy. James, I I love this verse. James chapter 2 Verse 13, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy Mm. triumphs over judgment. Yeah. Listen, the last thing God wants to do is send you to hell. Mm. He does not desire any should perish. Peter tells us that. God does not wish any should perish, but that all should repent and receive eternal life. Yeah. And if you're listening to this today, let me tell you something, man. There is mercy. There is mercy. If you feel like you are too far gone, you are not too far gone. Yeah. There is there is no sin that is able to outsin the cross of Christ. That's Matt Chandler, by the way. <laughs> no sin can outsin the cross of Christ. Why? Why? 
because the same God that we stood against, the same God you and I stood against, the same God that David writes about as the one who abhors all the bloodthirsty and deceitful men is the same God that hung on the tree and was nailed to a cross, beaten, whipped, spat upon by bloodthirsty and deceitful men. Yeah. Handed over by Pharisees, by his own friend who betrayed him. Yeah. To be killed for crimes he did not commit. And yet upon that cross, what he said and uttered out is, Father, forgive them. Yeah. And if you're listening to me today, if you're listening to Rufus today, if you're listening to this podcast today and you think I need forgiveness, I need mercy, let me tell you, it is available at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah. God at any point throughout history is able to snap his fingers and pour out the full fury of his wrath. But yet time and time again, we see him mercy, mercy, mercy over and over Mm. and over again. Yeah. A perfect picture of this we see in Hosea. We see God's God telling Hosea to go marry a a prostitute to love her and to care for her. Hmm. That even when she runs away, not to be harsh with her, but to pursue her and to still nurture her and, and show her compassion as a picture of Israel's unfaithfulness and God's faithfulness. And look yeah. at what he writes through the hand of Hosea. And hmm. I mean, this is going to be quoting from Romans chapter 9, verse 25, where the Apostle Paul quotes this talking about how God has shown mercy to both the Jew and Gentile yeah, by making them vessels of mercy for the glory of his name. Listen to what Hosea says. Romans chapter 9, verse 25, as indeed he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And Mm. her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. Yeah. That is mercy. Yeah. That is mercy. And if you are listening to me today and you want this mercy, it's free. It's free. It doesn't cost a single penny. Mercy is free. It's free. It's free. And guess what? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. If you want mercy, just look to Jesus and I am telling you, he will give you mercy and he will set you free from the guilt, from the shame, from from the sorrow of sin. He will will take it away because he took it upon himself at that cross. Amen. And THWP family, if there's one thing that we want to leave you with today, it is by the yeah. mercies of God. Yeah. Right? The scripture portion that we love and we put it on blast every single time we get a chance to talk about it. Ephesians chapter 2, right? The apostle yeah. Paul talks about us being dead in trespasses and sins and us being made alive, right? That infamous verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. Amen. But we are not just saved just to 
sit in this mercy and soak it up and just to keep it for yeah. ourselves. No, we, it says in Peter that we are saved to declare the excellencies of him who has called us out Amen. of darkness and into his marvelous light. THWP family, after listening to this episode, don't go back and just, just, just think of, wow, that was, that was a great podcast that I listened to. But rather, mm. THWP family, with your time, in, in your personal prayer, in the Sundays that are coming, worship leaders, pastors, congregation members, exhort one another with these things that you might look to that wondrous mercy and be driven mm. to worship because we see the wonder of who God is as a merciful, Amen. merciful God. Amen. Rufus, if you have anything to wrap up with. No, I mean, if you are alive and breathing and hearing this, um, it's not only that God is giving us mercy to be alive and breathing, but it's God giving us mercy to turn to the cross. Amen. Not just for those who don't believe, but for those who believe and are in a relationship with him. The life that we are have been given is God's mercy. The time that we have is God's mercy. And like Sammy said, it's not just to sit here and wait, but it's to give up our lives in response to this mercy, whether yeah. that be in our congregations and in our ministry or in our presentation of the gospel. It's all because of this and it's all for this purpose. Um, and so let us just, you know, realize that God is giving us mercy to declare his mercy yeah. <laughs> to the world and so yeah yeah thwp family this was a heavy heavy episode i am sweating a little bit <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's good it's good <laughs> that we are have reached this place and and really truly we really pray we really yeah. pray that you, we don't, we don't care if you follow the podcast. We know we we shout out all these things at the end of the episode. You know, <laughs> follow us on Instagram if you want updates. That's all great, right? We don't care about any of that. If you never listen to an episode of the Honest Worship Podcast, which we hope that you do, but if you end up never listening to an episode of the Honest Worship Podcast, man, we just want you, please, we are pleading yeah. with you, hold these things close to your heart. Not because it's the words of Sammy and Rufus, but because mm. it's the mercy of God that we look yeah. to and that drives us to deeper praise and satisfaction, not only for today, but until mm. he calls us home. Amen. And so that is all we have for you today, THWP Amen. family. Uh, heavy episode, but we are glad that we finally wrapped up our Wonder Series. Woo! Woo! I hope you heard me. Can we, can we insert Can we insert audience clapping here? We can. Yes. I will, I will make sure I do that. Yes. <laughs> but we have <laughs> finished our Wonder Series, and let me tell you something. There is not a better group of people that I would have wanted to get this journey done with other than you guys, THWP family. You guys yes. are the bomb.com. Don't type that in your search. <laughs> you guys are the best. We love each and every single one of you guys. And again, I know I said that we don't care about any of this stuff. But, you know, if you guys do want to follow us on Instagram, feel free to follow us on Instagram at The Honest Worship Podcast. Uh, we have a website, Morning Devotionals, which should be coming up this week. Um, 
we have uh, oh last week we had morning devotion last episode we had morning devotionals and we talked about the unity in christ which is driven out of guess what the mercy of god um we talked about that we talked about a lot of interesting things in our morning devotionals that we don't always get to address on the podcast so if you want to listen to that make sure you go listen to that it's on our website we have a link in our bio on our instagram if you want to reach out to us feel free to dm us or you can email us or even contact us through our website our email is honest worship podcast not the just honest worship podcast at gmail.com that is pretty much it thwp family we love each and every single one of you guys we hope that you have a great rest of the week rest of the month and a rest of the year and we will see you all later goodbye see ya